This is the One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. My name is Jeff Woods. I'm the vice president here at the One Thing team. In the last episode, episode 66, we talked about the top three power habits learned from Gary Keller and Jay Papazan. If you missed that episode, go back and check that one out. I know it will bring a lot of value to you. One of the things we mentioned in the last episodes, a fan, one of you, James Jacobs, reached out and said, hey, what if you suggested that people for the next 66 days went back and listened to an episode a day for the next 66 days? What impact do you think it would bring to them? We thought this was an interesting suggestion. We know a lot of people, when they listen to the first episode, wherever that be, they will go back and start from the beginning and carry all the way forward. And we also know that some people do not do this. We looked at our records and said, okay, let's look at all the episodes that we've done and what has been our most popular episode of all time. It was episode two, how to get organized at work. To bring more value to you, since we know probably a good majority of you have not heard this before, we are re-releasing that episode for you here today. For those of you who have heard this before, our challenge to you is to listen to this again and ask yourself, have I taken action on the content. We know that consuming content is great and we honor you for being here listening to this episode and we encourage you to magnify the results that you will get by backing it with action. With that, let's get into this episode on how to get organized at work. I feel really fortunate because I get the opportunity to work with so many amazing people in our community and our customers and get to be a part of their world. And they trust me with being a part of their goals. And more often than not, almost everyone is focused on health. And at the core of that is diet and eating a balanced diet. But eating this kind of diet, it's a huge time commitment and it's easy to get knocked off track. That's why it's so great to have a solution when you don't have the time to do the prepping and the cooking and the cleanup, but you still want to eat healthy. That's why we partner with Factor. And Factor is chef-created, dietitian approved meals that are ready to go in just two minutes. With Factor, there's no prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. The variety of different options and meals that they have is really impressive, but go see for yourself. Head to factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150 to get 50% off. That's code 150 at factormeals.com slash 150 to get 50% off. How can you get more organized at work? This has been something that has been a, a struggle and a constant focus for me for many years of my life. And when you think about it, it kind of makes sense. You spend so much time at the office every single day. And for those of you who work at home, you know, you spend so much time just working, period, that it's a great place when you want to talk about scaling your productivity and living a productive life, focusing on that environment is an absolute must. So we're going to talk about that today. For those of you who this is a real struggle, I'm here to tell you that it's not your fault. Quite often, you haven't been taught or shown what it takes to get organized at work. I've, I've certainly been in that position myself where I just kind of showed up and people said, okay, go get your stuff done, go be productive. But nobody ever sat me down and said, Jeff, this is how you do it. 
over the last year, I've gotten exposure to that. And by no means am I the expert at this point, but today I want to, I want to share with you some of the things that I have been able to do and some of the research that our team has compiled about what it takes to be productive at work. Today, we're going to cover four key areas that you're going to need to organize. The first is organizing your mind. Then we're going to talk about how to organize your time. We'll then get into how to organize your physical workspace. And then we'll talk about how to organize your projects. So let's get into it. The first thing you have to do when it comes to being organized at work is to look inward and start with yourself, making sure that you organize your mind. There's specific ways to do this, and we're going to talk about each of them, but I'll start by asking you, have you ever been in the position where you're going throughout the day, but you just feel off? No matter what happens, you're having a hard time focusing, or maybe you feel really stressed out, or maybe you feel really anxious. I've been there several, several times, including today, actually, where I'm very clear about what I need to get done, but no matter what I'm focusing on, I'm not truly focused. I'm not truly present. And internally, I just don't feel good, which that right there is a huge indicator because we all have this thing called our feelings. It's like a thermometer. We either feel good or we don't feel good. Do you have a regular practice of being aware of that thermometer? And in those moments when you don't feel good, do you stop and reflect and ask why? Right before I walked into this, I'm, I'm recording this in, this in a conference room in our building right now. As I walked in, I wasn't feeling right. And I sat my computer down. I hooked the microphone up. I sat back and I just looked outside the windows clear blue skies, watching the cars zip by on the freeway. I just closed my eyes and I just started to breathe. I needed to explore what was happening inside me that today has, has held me back from showing up at my fullest. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where you're not focused, you're a little stressed, you're a little anxious, maybe you're a little irritable. It's been me today. But just closing my eyes and taking some deep breaths, calming myself down, starting to explore what I'm grateful for, what's going on in my world that's going right, shifting that focus from the things that even on a subconscious level have been making me feel bad, but now consciously shifting them to the things that make me feel good and holding that feeling until it consumes my entire body. That's what allowed me to then press record and start having this conversation with you. I, could, I tried several times in the past few days, but I was never able to do anything of value. I was never able to feel like I was bringing value to you, which is the whole goal of this. And it wasn't until I just stopped and got my mind right. So we, we begin with organizing your mind for a reason. You cannot show up in the world as the best authentic version of yourself if your mind is not right. So how do you do that? Well, it comes down to three very specific things. The first is making sure that you're getting enough sleep. This is something my wife and I have for the last few years struggled with because we have new kids. Daphne's three and a half and our son Dean turns 11 months old two days from now. So we got a, we got a young family and sleep is for sure a premium in our house. 
Have you ever been in the position where you didn't get a good night's sleep or even good night's sleep for a consistent period of time? Have you ever gone through the day feeling like you lack energy? Like you just want to throw on a Snuggie and like have a cup of hot cocoa and just watch Game of Thrones? Yeah, sign me up for that one. (laughs) It's hard to show up in your professional life if you're not sharp mentally. And sleep does a tremendous amount for that. So I don't know what the right amount of it of sleep is for you. I know for myself, I've begun to simply just pay attention to how much sleep do I get when I'm feeling good. And I know that number is between seven to eight hours. If I'm getting less than seven, I am not able to show up as the best Jeff Woods as possible the next day. If I get more than eight hours of sleep, I usually end up feeling a little bit groggy. So I track it now. I have an app on my phone that I use and I track my sleep. Do you know what that number is for you and how can you make sure that you get that on a regular basis? So that's the first thing is making sure that you get enough sleep. The second thing is to stop multitasking. For all of those of you who think that you're an excellent multitasker, I've got news for you. It's just not true. Our research team poured five years of their life into researching the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. And they found that one of the greatest lies of productivity is that multitasking is effective. That is a lie. It's just not true. In fact, when you multitask, you end up wasting 28% of your day. This is documented and it is proven. If you are a multitasker, you are currently wasting 28% of your day. Now think about all the times that you go throughout your day. Do you bounce between activities? When you're checking email, are you checking email, meaning you don't do anything else? Or are you checking email and then you're bouncing to this Word doc, then you make a phone call, then you go back to checking email? When you do those things, there is a cost associated with it. We call it a switch cost. Here's an example. Imagine that you are writing an email to somebody and you get about two paragraphs in and then the phone rings. And for a split second, you stop writing that email and you go over to the phone. In that moment, a few things happen. Number one, your brain has to reorient itself to the new rules, the rules of the phone call. Who is it? Do I want to answer it? If I answer it, what are we going to talk about? Is now the right time? This all happens in just the split of a second. You answer that phone call. You let them know that, hey, you're in the middle of something. You can't talk right now, and you hang back up. Then for a split second, you say, what was I just doing? Oh, yeah, I was writing an email. You go back over to the email, and now you have to reorient yourself to the rules of the email. What's the first thing you do? Do you pick right back up where you were and start typing? Or do you go back to the top and read what you already wrote and remember where you needed to pick up? That gap right there between those split seconds of reorienting to the rules and then getting back into action ends up costing 28% of your day. What I have found just in my own experience, and literally I am guilty. So if this is you, then you are off the hook. You are like everyone else. But now my goal is to bring value to you by making you simply aware of it. As you move out throughout the day to day, begin to notice those moments when you're multitasking, meaning you are not 100% focused on one thing, and the moments when you are. And how do you feel? For years, 
I went through life being a multitasker and just wondering why my anxiety was always high, wondering why I was irritable, wondering why I felt stressed at times. It was because when I was checking email and I was listening to music and I was trying to talk to somebody and I'm driving, yeah, that's a recipe for disaster, by the way. There are so many things that were going on inside my subconscious mind, so many different wires being connected. It was like information overload. I just wanted to shut down. It wasn't until I'm here in Austin and I'm working with Gary Keller, I'm working with Jay Papazin, and and this is being pointed out to me that I am multitasking, that I am not being present with my most important priorities. I started to understand the power of focus. Because how many times have you decided for a split second to check your email because you were bored, you had a moment of free time, you check your email, you swipe down on your phone, you open an email, you look at it and say, nope, not going to read that right now, and you mark it as unread. But as you continue to move throughout your day, you're still thinking about that email that you did not take action on. It steals your focus, which inherently steals your productivity. So that's the second thing. When we talk about making sure that you organize your mind, number one, it's making sure you get enough sleep. Number two, making sure that when you are focused on something, you are focused. You're not multitasking. The third thing is to take breaks. Have you ever been in a situation where you really get into the zone? You're just in this flow state where time just seems to fly by and you get so much done, but all of a sudden you look up and you feel a little bit drained and you try to get back into it, but no matter how hard you try, you can't get there. In those moments, I have learned to take a break. Get up, take a walk, fill up your water. Go to the bathroom, take a walk outside, make a phone call, do something fun, stretch, take a break, change your environment. Because to think that through an entire day that you can just maintain this flow state, I have not been able to do it yet. But when I'm trying to bang that square peg into that round hole, trying to get back into that state of flow, it doesn't work because what you resist persists. So in those moments, I have just given myself permission to get up, move around, stretch, yawn, just do something, shake my body out, take a walk outside, get a breath of fresh air, meditate. So many things you can do. That way, when I do sit back down, my body goes, yeah, Jeff, it's go time, baby. Let's do this. All right. So that is making sure that you organize your mind. Okay. Once Once you have that, now you are able to show up at work as the best version of you. Up until this point, we've all talked about yourself. My question is, if if this episode were to end right now, would you be able to take action? Have we covered something that you are not doing? Have we gone down one little rabbit hole that piqued your curiosity that said, you know what? I can be doing better in that area of my life. If so, maybe that's something that you take action on based on this episode, okay? Because you can control yourself. Nobody else gets to tell you how you sleep. Nobody else gets to tell you what you focus on. And nobody else gets to tell you how long you should work for a consistent period. You get to choose those things. So maybe that's one way that you can get into action and get value from this episode. The second area that you want to get organized is organizing your time. What do I mean by that? 
Well, let me ask you this. Have you ever received any type of training, formal, informal, on how to organize your time? Maybe the answer is yes. Maybe the answer is no. I've had a lot of people who have made suggestions to me on how to organize my time, but oftentimes they were just giving me their advice, which was worth as much as I paid for it. Zero. I didn't truly receive training on how to organize my time until I moved here to Austin, until I was able to work with Gary and Jay, because it was just on a higher level. Now, here we have a We have a bit of a system for this, and it's something that took a little getting used to for me at first, but once I adapted it, oh baby, I saw huge results in terms of my productivity. It starts by beginning with the end in mind. For those of you who have read Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Stephen Covey talks about begin with the end in mind. Gary Keller talks about what's your, or asks the question, what's your Disney? You know, Walt Disney back in 1957 got out on a sheet of paper and said, you know, if I could wave the magic wand and accomplish anything, what would I create? And he has this mind map of all the things that Disney would become between theme parks and merchandising and films and stores, Disneyland, music. There's there's so much on there and all these lines connecting them together on how they would flow. It's truly exceptional. He began with his end in mind, and then he worked his way back to how do I get into action today? And so for you, do you have a clear vision of where you're going? Do you have a clear sense of your goals, what you want to accomplish 20 years out? What you need to accomplish in five years to be on track for that 20? What you need to accomplish this year to be on track for your five year? What you need to accomplish this month to be on track for the year? And what you need to accomplish this week to be on track for your month? Have you boiled it down that clearly? If the answer is no, again, take yourself off the hook because I hadn't either until someone told me to. It's not your fault. You just haven't been given the access to the tools and the ideas and the mentorship yet. That's why we're doing this podcast. I'm asking you if you think there would be value in going way out into the future and analyzing what's important to you and working it back to understanding where you need to be in five years where you need to be in one year, where you need to be at the end of this month and where you need to be at the end of this week. And if the answer is yes, then take action, do it. Once I did that for myself, I got an incredible sense of clarity. And and, and I'll share like that vision of where I'm going is constantly changing. And I've given myself permission to make those changes, but I'm always thinking about it. Then it's about putting that into order of priority. And for those of you who have not done this before, we have an actual form that we use. It's called a 411 that every single person, as far as I'm aware, inside of Keller Williams uses this form. If you want to see it, you can go to the one thing.com slash 411. That's the one thing with the number one.com slash 411. We'll put it up there so you can get a copy of this form and use it as well because that thing has changed my life. But what you are essentially doing is you are saying, what is the one thing I can do that such that by doing it, it makes everything else easier or unnecessary. If I could only accomplish one thing for this year, what is the one thing that I would accomplish for my business that makes everything else easier or unnecessary? And if I earned the right to accomplish a second thing, what would that be? And if I accomplished that and I earned the right to accomplish a third thing, what would that be? And that's for your year. Then you break down what you need to do this month. 
If I only do one thing this month, what's the one thing that I can do that would be put me on track for my year goals? So on and so forth. And you break it down for your week. Having that level of clarity has brought an incredible sense of accountability into my world. Because how many of you have ever gone throughout the day, you worked really hard, but you look up at the end of the day and you feel like you didn't even get anything done. I have felt like this for so long. And it was because I wasn't focusing on my most important work. I didn't have a clear sense of where I was going in the future. And I didn't know the one thing that I could do today that would help get me to where I wanted to be. Because any moment when you have that clarity on what is your most important activity for this week, anytime you're doing anything else, you know you are not leveraging yourself to your highest ability. You are not showing up in the world as the most productive person that you could possibly be because you are acting out of priority. This is a skill. It's something that I have learned over the last year and I still fail. I still act out of priority because it's not always natural. It can be a struggle. I still struggle with it, but I'm a lot better than I used to be. And I'm working to get better every single day. So when it comes to organizing your time, it first starts by being clear on your goals. Then it comes down to number two, being clear about your priority. And then number three is time blocking. For those of you who are not aware of time blocking, it is the act of scheduling time with yourself to do your most important work. Just like how when you have a doctor's appointment, you put it on your calendar. Do you have appointments with yourself every day to do your most important work? Most people don't. And for those who do, do you have the systems built in so that should a phone call come in, you say no. Should someone stop by with a random God a minute, you say no. Should anything pop up during that moment, the answer is most likely no unless it's that important that it needs to violate that time block. And if you erase, you must replace. I had a call with a friend this morning who got really clear. I just said, hey, it seems like you've struggled with your productivity lately. Are you clear on what the most important action is that you can take for your business this week? And he got that clear. And I said, is it on your calendar? And he said, no. And I said, good, put it on there. Establish that time block. He did. And then I said, now what's going to happen if one of your employees stops by and has a question during that time? What are you going to do if your wife calls you during that time? What are you going to do if anything happens during that time? If you're telling me that is the one thing you must do and you have planted the flag in the ground and said, this is when I will get this done and something else attempts to steal that time away from you, what will you do? Well, let's see what happens, right? I'll share with you, you know, the people who have read the one thing, they know what time blocking is. Yet, undoubtedly, when I ask people if they have made it a powerful habit that sticks, the vast majority of them have not, which is why we created a full master course around this. And now at the time of this recording, we've had close to 800 people go through it. When they actually made time blocking a habit that sticks, they saw a 50% increase in their productivity. This is the one thing, folks. All right. So when it comes to organizing your time, there's three things. The first is making sure you're clear on your goals. The second is making sure that you're clear on what your priorities are. And the third thing is making sure that once you have those priorities, that you have time blocked on your calendar that you protect to get that most important work done. So up until this point, we've talked about how you can organize your mind. We've talked about how you can organize your time. Next, we're going to talk about how you actually organize your workspace. Before we get into number three, 
I want to let you guys know that we are on a mission to getting the number one spot in iTunes for all podcasts, and we really do need your help. The, the thing that iTunes looks at more than anything else is they look at subscribers, the number of subscribers that you've had in the last seven days. So if you are not subscribed to this show, please go ahead and click it on your computer, on your phone, or on your tablet. Click that subscribe button. When you do, that'll make sure that all the future episodes will automatically be delivered to your device. Uh, It also helps us climb the rankings because the higher you are on the rankings, the more organic reach you get, more people see you, which means we can help more people. So if you would do that, that would mean the world to us. As a way of saying thank you, when you click subscribe, if you take a screenshot of that image and you email it to contest at the one thing.com, that's contest at the one thing, that's with the number one dot com, you'll automatically get an email reply that will have a link for you to get a free digital copy of our best selling book, The One Thing. So you'll have another form to, to consume some of this content. So thank you so much. All right, back to number three, which is organizing your physical workspace. I mean, when when you probably clicked on this episode and you're going, yeah, how to get organized at work, you probably thought we were going straight in there, yet we've spent however much time now talking about your mind, talking about your time. Now we're getting to the workspace. There's a reason we did that, because none of it matters. Your workspace doesn't matter unless your mind is right, unless you understand time. But now that we are in your workspace, there are a few specific things that I want to dive into very specifically. The first is considering all the things that you are going to need and having it within your reach. I'm the type of guy where I I often say to my wife that I'm like a thirsty camel in the desert. I am always thirsty. What I was unaware of was how many times I'd be working on something and getting into a rhythm, getting into the zone, getting into flow. And all of a sudden I'd feel thirsty and I'd stop what I was doing and I'd have to go fill up my water. And I'd come back and I would have a hard time getting back into that flow state. I lost a tremendous amount of productivity because I just simply didn't have enough water, which now I have this beast of a water bottle that's 40 ounces and I probably fill this thing up 10 to 15 times a day, no joke. Thirsty camel in the desert, parched parrot marooned on a deserted island. Yeah, I could go on for days. I'm a thirsty guy. But now I'm aware of the fact that I have to have this massive water bottle around me because in those moments when I'm thirsty, I don't want to stop what I'm doing. I want to be able to take that sip of water and get right back into it. I know Jay Papazan, he calls it storing provisions. We refer to that in the book. He'll have his protein bars right by his desk. He has water right by his desk. He has tissues right by his desk. He has all the things that he could possibly need within arm's reach. What are the things that you end up finding yourself stopping working to go get throughout the day? And do you store those provisions in your environment? That's step one. Next thing is just getting rid of all the non-essentials. I wish I had um, a picture of my old desk, but I had papers everywhere. I had pencils. I had pictures. I had all this stuff. It was just scattered everywhere. I didn't notice the difference until a mentor told me just to get rid of everything, that the only thing that should be in my line of sight was the specific things that I needed. And when I cleared my desk, it was like, oh my goodness, it just felt so different. Have you ever done that? If so, is it time for you to do it again? Is it time to look at your environment again and say, is everything here something that I absolutely need? And if not, how do I get rid of it? For those of you who haven't tried this yet, I suggest giving it a shot. It may really, really surprise you. And then when it comes to your workspace, that also means your virtual workspace. 
You know, we talk about having your provisions, getting rid of the non-essentials, but what about your digital workplace? Like your email, your, your filing system, whether that be on your computer or whether it be up in the cloud, is that in an organized fashion that's intuitive, that's simple, that's clean for you? I just literally yesterday, I was going through my Dropbox and I saw this, the main file folder, all of a sudden I just had all these different files in there and documents and videos. There was no organization. And I, for months I've been going through just in that folder day after day and it just slowed to get through it because I had to look for the specific document or look for the specific file because there was just so much there. And as I was preparing for this interview yesterday, I'm reading my notes. I'm going, duh, Jeff, you haven't done this yet. And I completely reorganized the filing structure to the point where there's seven file folders and that's it. And they're clearly labeled. All of a sudden, it's just even in the last 24 hours, I've noticed this huge difference. It's, it's just tremendous. I get in and I know exactly where I'm going right away. You know, we're not talking about a lot of time here. We're talking about maybe a few seconds in time savings. But a few seconds over time, they really add up. And more importantly, it's, it's that mind share. It's how hard my mind has to work to navigate. It's the resistance that I used to feel that I no longer do. So we've got organizing your mind. We've got organizing your time. And we've got organizing your actual workspace. The final thing is organizing your projects. First and foremost, it starts with throwing out your to-do list. How many of you actually have a to-do list where you just write down a laundry list of things that you need to do? I've been guilty for a long time. How many of you just love to knock those lines of the to-do list out? You just, you love to get something done in that, that feeling of crossing it off the paper. I do. I, I, just, I love it. I was unaware of the reason why so many of us like to-do lists is because we get a little dopamine hit every single time we cross something off the list. It actually feels good in the brain to knock something off your to-do list. But just because you're getting things done doesn't mean that you're necessarily being effective. I forget where I heard it, but someone was talking about how quite often when we look at all the things we could do, we end up doing the things that are easiest to do first because we just want to check them off the list. Instead of asking the question of all these things, if I could only do one, what's the one thing that would make everything else easier or unnecessary? What's the one thing that would bring the most leverage to my business, the highest income and impact action? And focusing on knocking that one off first. The reason most people don't do that inherently is because that often becomes one of the harder items to do. It's not easy to check off. It doesn't just get done in 15 minutes. Sometimes it might take you a few hours of focused attention to do it. The moment I learned to look at my to-do list and apply priority to it, I ended up creating what we refer to in the one thing as a success list. Looking at all the things you could do and say, but what should I do? And knocking out number one first. And then you only knock out number two Once you've accomplished number one and you only knock out number three after you've accomplished number two, after you've earned the right to take on those lower priority actions. Again, this is where that whole 411 worksheet that I mentioned earlier makes a lot of sense because it lays it out for you really clearly. Okay, which again, if you want to see what this looks like and get a copy, it's at the onething.com slash 411. And the final thing when it comes to 
organizing your projects is just making sure that you're clear on your milestones. You know, this goes back to what we were talking about earlier and making sure that you're clear of your goals, your Disney, where you're going, beginning with the end in mind. Are you clear on your projects what those major milestones are that you're working toward? Like, for example, I know when it comes to launching this podcast, I have to do a certain number of episodes in this month. I'm very clear on what it is, and I am working every single day to getting up to that number of episodes. That way, I make sure I have something consistently to share with you as a way of bringing value. Are you clear on your milestones on your projects, and are you working toward that next milestone? Not looking at the whole big elephant that you need to eat, but looking at the individual bites that you need to take. Okay, so this is how we get organized at work. This is how you show up is the best authentic version of you in your business life. You clear your mind. You make sure that mentally you are sharp, you are ready to go. You make sure that you are clear and organized with your time, how you invest your most valuable, your most precious resource. You're clear on what your workspace needs to look like, both physically and digitally. And then you are clear on your projects what that highest leverage action is that you need to take and what milestone you are working toward. When you begin to focus on these things, when you begin to execute on these, you suddenly find your productivity going through the roof. Now again, full transparency. I am no expert and I am no guru. I'm a guy who has had access to some truly extraordinary minds who are far more skilled in this area than me but I've been slugging it away for a year now and I've seen the difference in my productivity. So I share this with you coming from a place of experience, but also coming from a place of being a student. I'm a student of this and I am on my road to mastery, which means I am failing every single day. But each day I try to fail just a little bit less. I try to get a little bit better, a little bit more purposeful, and a little bit more focused. Now, in the spirit of bringing value to you, if there is just one thing that you can take action on based on this episode, what is it? If you could pick just one thing, you don't get to take action on more than one, there's only one thing that you picked up in this episode that you can implement, what is that? Hold it in your mind. Now, how can you commit to putting that into action? How can you bring that into your world so that you can guarantee yourself a return on the investment of your time? Because make no mistake about it, if you are still watching or listening to me, you just invested your most valuable resource, which is your time. And unlike your money where you put it in the stock market or real estate and your returns are not necessarily guaranteed, you can guarantee the return on your time by backing it with action. So with that, thank you for being with us for episode two of the One Thing Podcast. For those of you who are not subscribed to the show yet, please click that subscribe button. Let's make this thing official. We are serious about forming a relationship with you, and that way every single episode will automatically be downloaded to your computer or your device. And to say thank you, when you do subscribe, if you just take a screenshot of that and you email it to contact at theonething.com, you'll get an auto reply with a link that will take you to get a free digital copy of our best-selling book, The One Thing. We are so serious about building a tribe around the ideas of this book, partnering with you 
in the spirit of living a productive life so that you can have everything you could possibly ever want inside your world. And we're going to do this together. If you've enjoyed this episode, then you can consider going back to episode one and listening all the way through today. Like we suggested to the people who had heard this episode before, ask yourself the question, I know I'm consuming the content and am I backing it with action? Am I taking action on what I am learning in every single episode? What would happen in your life if you did listen to an episode a day for the next 66 days and you backed it with action? Would love to see your results. Would love to hear your results if you email us. Jeff at the one thing.com is my email. And we look forward to interacting with you. See you in the next episode.